healthy from the inside out. This is Valley Well Valle Salud, a health and wellness information program brought to you by ValleyWise Health and District Medical Group. Each week, we go in-depth with different healthcare experts on some of your top health questions, getting answers to help you live your best life. Hello and welcome to Valley Well Valle Salud. I'm your host, Lauren Vargas. It's been several months now since the COVID-19 pandemic arrived in the U.S., and we're starting to get a better understanding of the toll it's taking on our mental health. So today we're talking with two district medical group psychiatrists at ValleyWise Health on how to cope with our new reality. Dr. Alicia Cowdery is the Outpatient Medical Director of Behavioral Health Services at ValleyWise Health, and Dr. Wendy Watson is the Medical Director for the Outpatient Clinic at ValleyWise Behavioral Health Center, Mesa. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you for having us. So we had both of you on the show earlier this year in March and April before the so-called peak of COVID-19 cases. A lot has changed in the last six months. So now that we've gone through most of the year in a pandemic, you know, social distancing, all the rest of the things we're being told to do, how do you think we're doing right now mentally as a society overall? I think, you know, we've been really resilient for a long time and people have really adapted and coped and, and done a lot of things to try to participate in the elimination of this. But I think we're, we're suffering from a little bit of a fatigue at this point that, you know, it's, it's hard with the uncertainty of when the um, virus is going to go away and when things are going to get back to some sort of normal or some sort of progression. So I do think people are suffering from a little bit of a fatigue in, in dealing with this. You know, we seem so divided, unfortunately, as a society. Uh, you know, this health crisis has turned political, unfortunately, with some people against wearing masks and all the rest. How does that part of it impact our relationships with each other? Well, I mean, it's, it's really unfortunate, Lauren, that this happened because there's really um, irrefutable data at this point as far as wearing masks medically. That's absolutely what is needed at this point to help prevent the spread of coronavirus. And, and I, I think that we need to continue to look at this and, and just say, what are we doing? What is What are the healthcare providers out there recommending? What are the people out there who are experts? And, you know, I, I'm a child and psychiatrist. And so I often talk to parents about how this is the perfect moment to talk to their children about, you know, this is where we go for information about good healthcare practices and kind of teaching them like, you know what, this is not, this is not a political issue. This is just us taking care of each other. I agree. It's good to look at it from a, a community focus, too, of, of how we can get through this together instead of kind of some of the already hyper-partisan division that we're experiencing. So what changes have you noticed as psychiatrists? You know, are more patients seeking help? Is there more mental illness being diagnosed? I would say we've seen a, a significant increase. And I think one thing is, is people are more open to talking about it now. It's not as stigmatized because so many people are experiencing anxiety and depression um, and fear from, from this acute stress that, that we've been through. So yeah, as psychiatrists, uh, we've gotten busier um, and it's important that people are reaching out for treatment. Um, we, we have to walk, watch out for you know anxiety, depression, suicide, and substance use disorders. All of those things have increased over the 
the past few months. And it's important for people to recognize those things and intervene as early as possible to get treatment and get back on track. And I definitely see that with the child and adolescent population as well and their families. Initially, when every all the kids were home from school, it was the parents were absolutely freaking out, understandably, <laughs> because all of a sudden you had mothers and fathers being not just mother or father, but being the teacher, the lunch lady, the IT specialist, and everything for their children all constantly all the time. And initially, the kids kind of just saw it as an awesome extra long spring break. <laughs> and now this is the spring break that hasn't ended. It's just kept on going. And actually, you're starting to see it really take an effect on children are more isolated and aren't able to have that social interaction that they really need to develop well. If you're just tuning in with us, we are talking with Dr. Cowdery and Dr. Watson about the mental health impacts of COVID-19. Talking with a health professional can help ease your worries, and you can make an appointment with a district medical group provider at Valleywise Health by visiting valleywisehealth.org or by calling 1-833-855-9973 Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. For me personally, I feel like I'm handling this fairly well. You know, I enjoy working from home, but I can tell that I'm not sleeping as well. I, it will take me hours to go to bed. Sometimes I won't sleep at all and I'll have to cancel things the next day. So what are some of the symptoms that you're noticing people coming in with and telling you they're, they're dealing with? Just like what you talked about, Lauren, um, people are experiencing sadness, um, trouble sleeping, irritability, some exhaustion, uh, maybe over or under eating, trouble concentrating, feeling lonely or grief. Those are common things that we're, see we're seeing recently. Yeah, and um, with the kids, very similar symptoms. I, I do understand, too, it's, um, it's kind of hard right now. Every single kid I'm seeing, almost every single one, have issues with sleep schedules. So sleep schedules are really off. Things are just kind of off track. School hasn't been here for a while, and that's usually one of the things. School and work keep us kind of on our schedule. So, and also, you know, there's, you know, people being more isolated. So it's kind of like we've lost some of these measures that we normally have as mental health professionals to say whether or not someone's really struggling. What I do talk to people about is, well, what are people in your family saying? I often have to bring others in to say, how is this person doing? Because I do understand their sleep is off, but so what are some tips for people to cope with this? You know, the diet and breathing techniques, anything like that to help? Yeah, I think there's there's a variety of things people can do depending on on where they are in life and what, they, what works for them. But taking a break from the news and just focusing on the facts is going to be a big one to look at. Making time to unwind, you know, give yourself permission to have fun uh, or do something to relax. Um, while at the same time, setting goals and priorities and sticking to a schedule is going to be important. That regularity is really important for, for our mood and our sleep schedule. Taking care of our body, so eating well, hydrating and getting exercise is going to be extremely important, as well as connecting to others. You know, just because we have to be socially or physically distant doesn't mean that we can't connect with folks in a meaningful way and, and, and talking about what we're all mutually going through. And then also talking about stuff that's not related to coronavirus um, as well, so that, that we really connect with other people and have that really important social and emotional connection. And I actually, um, for kids, it's the same thing, really. A lot of what Dr. Cowdery had said, it's really, really important for kids to have a good schedule. And right now, I know everybody is off. And I have to admit, I have not been getting mad at people for <laughs> having their sleep schedule off the kids, especially teenagers right now, um, or watching too much, you know, media or things like that, just because families are doing what they need to do to get by. 
And a lot of kids are also kind of, especially teenagers are needing to do, you know, to do what they do to get by. And a lot of them are all up together at night talking. It's the one time in the house they can have some peace and quiet. Um, so that, you know, um, but as school's starting up, it's really important to actually start getting back on that sleep schedule and getting back onto those routines. Um, so you're not struggling too much because already at this point in the school, there's a lot of uncertainty about what's going to happen and, and things will be changing you know, as time goes on pretty quickly. Um, so, you know, you can help your kid kids out by just kind of helping them get on that schedule now. So they're ready to go when things need to change as the school year progresses. Yeah, that's a good point. And I know you mentioned, you know, some people are eating more, eating less. I feel like I'm eating the same and I'm trying not to be too hard on myself, but it is really hard to keep up that, you know, healthy exercise routine, especially in Arizona. You know, the gyms are closed. A lot of those things aren't happening right now. And it's 115 degrees outside. So it's hard to work out outside. So, but I know that's an important part of your mental health too, is, you know, keeping active. Definitely. I think it's good for people to figure out creative ways to do things instead of kind of focusing on that I can't go to the gym or I can't go outside is well, what can what can you do? There's a lot of online workouts you can do in your home. Um, you know, could you get up a little bit earlier and get outside while it's a little bit cooler? Um, you know, and the variety of online workouts is pretty amazing. You know, everything from yoga to Zumba to weightlifting. I mean, you name it, there's some pretty creative things out there that people just use items in their house to work out. So um, they can be kind of funny as well. And, and I mean, that can be the case even for really young kids. Um, there's some really cool websites. There's one called like Go Noodle where, you know, you can just all of a sudden have your kids stand up and you guys do crazy dances together and to really get kids moving because it's so important for kids to, to get moving for their health as well and their mental health. I think especially if, if you're suffering from a mental illness, it's like I, I often feel like, you know, we're anxious and we're so in our heads right now and just thinking, thinking, thinking that I know for me, I can have that period at times and it just helps to get up and start stretching and moving my body just to kind of center myself again and kind of let go of some of those anxious thoughts. Yeah, the, the good news is we're doing this and we're we're living through this in the year 2020, right? Where we do have a lot of these resources and technology to definitely make it easier. So on that note, let's talk about the silver lining a little bit. So are there any positives that you've noticed from um, this pandemic? Like are your clients, you know, saying some things are better than they used to be? I think it, it's taught people to slow down life a little bit and maybe have, you know, lesser expectations of, of achieving things, um, which I think is a good thing. Um, I think it's taught us to have grace with ourselves and, and other people about what people are going through and, and having some gratitude about the, the things that we do have control over and, and how we spend our time and how we spend our energy. So I think those things are, are good. And I think you know, people are, are realizing the value of community and, and taking care of each other and, and, and helping out for, with people that maybe don't have as many resources or that need some support. I think there's a, a focus more on the family. Um, there's a lot, we're having a lot more family time right now. And you know, things like board games have made a comeback and other things that really are, are really family focused. Um, I think that with everybody home together, there's been some times where, for example, my brother, um, his whole family was there when my niece took her first steps and they all got to celebrate. And that would have been, would have not have happened if they were actually at work, they would have missed that. So um, I think really trying to look at the positives and kind of being more involved in your kid's life and being, um, opening up those lines of communication, that those things could be happening right now. And it's a very special opportunity to allow those things to happen. 
Dr. Wendy Watson and Dr. Alicia Cowdery are answering your top questions about the mental health uh, impact of COVID-19. And you can make an appointment with a district medical group provider at Valleywise Health who may refer you to a behavioral health specialist uh, by visiting valleywisehealth.org or by calling 833-855-9973. We talked about some of the positives of the pandemic, you know, slowing down and less pressure to be, you know, busy, busy, busy and over worked that way. Um, unfortunately, many parents have had to make this decision on whether to send their kids home, um, you know, to school or do the homeschooling. Um, how hard has that been for parents in your experience? That is probably the top thing right now as we're going into the school year as far as what's coming up in, in my visits with my patients and their families. Um, I literally have had half of the time that might just only dedicated to this discussion of, you know, parents are really struggling with this because the kids really want to go back to school often, you know, they're, they're wanting to see their friends. And yet there might be somebody in the family who has a medical condition, and they really need to be careful and, and make sure that um, the return to school is done safely. I mean, I think that's something that we all want and all need. So, you know, people are, are saying, like, some people have families who maybe have a grandmother who's ill that lives in the home, and they're keeping their kids at home now, but they're struggling kind of, I'm ho hoping that they make the right decision. They feel like they're kind of struggling with that. And, and, and just to kind of acknowledge that there, there is no perfect decision right now. Um, we're all just kind of doing the best we can with the information that we have. And I think talking it through with the family, talking it through with it together, and also like bringing someone else in like myself or, you know, another healthcare provider, just to kind of really make the best decision for you and your family right now. You know, mom shaming and, you know, parent shaming has always been a part of our society, you know, if you're a stay-at-home mom or not or whatever. And so this is right along with that. Um, so I think words definitely matter. You know, if a parent says, yeah, I've decided to put my, my child back in school, the words you use to respond to that, you know, oh, that must have been a really tough decision for you. Or, you know, are there different ways to talk about it that aren't so hurtful? The mom guilt is strong. I always joke with people about that, being a mom myself, that we're often second guessing ourselves. Um, I think that if you were talking to a mom about that, I, I think what you had just said, Lauren, is a perfect thing. Like, oh, you know, just kind of acknowledging and that the mom is struggling, that that must be a tough decision. You know, um, let me know if you need anything or I can help out. Or there's a, a lot of kids you know, and families who really need a lot of help right now, particularly with like childcare and things like that. So kind of just being there for that person and really just saying, you know, I'm here to support you and your family. Um, and I care about you. Um, that's really the only thing you can do right now. And just realize, even if you disagree with that person's decision, that they're actually making the best decision possible for them and their family. This is something that nobody is just kind of impulsively doing. They're really thinking it through. Families are taking this very seriously. And I agree. It's good to have grace with people because you just never know what's going on behind their closed doors or, or what's led them to that. And we all have to make those decisions um, for our families and ourselves. So just being really graceful and respecting other people's choices versus judging them is going to be important. So let's talk about kids for a second, because we now have a generation that is, you know, growing up during a pandemic. And from what we've seen from prior, you know, the Spanish flu, other pandemics, it does uh, impact someone or it can impact someone for the rest of their life. So how might this um, situation we're in impact kids later in life? 
time will really tell. I think we're all expecting to have an increase in maybe anxiety or people um, maybe more anxious later on in life or um, might have some residual stress or fear in regard to this period. You know, there's also the, the fact that developmentally, like kids are supposed to play and they're supposed to be social and they're not getting that same kind of play right now. And what we can do as, as, as parents and families really is do our best just to kind of model behavior would be the number one thing. So making sure that we're not too afraid, that we're managing our stress levels well and acknowledging when if you are stressed, you know, mom is stressed right now. You know, mom needs to go for a walk. You know, let's just walk together. Let's so modeling these really good coping skills can make like all the difference later on because kids like really pick up on what we do as adults and they really they learn from us. So and, and you know, for kids who really have mental health issues, like particularly with social issues, I'm really encouraging families right now to like, for, for example, kids with autism to set up those virtual play dates just to really keep those social skills going. So how worried do we have to be about a addiction to social media and technology now? I think that's a great question. And it's one that I kind of dread answering a bit for parents right now, because we're all just so stuck together that I usually have pretty strict rules about things like media time, you know, and time on um, devices. Um, but I've been much more lenient because, you know, it's hot outside. There's not a lot to do. Parents need to keep their sanity. Um, so, you know, I, I don't want to give, there's no judgment here is my whole point. Um, right now, this is an exceptional time. Um, I think one of the things you really need to be careful about is what our kids are watching. You can just make sure that kids aren't watching things that are too scary or inappropriate. Um, you know, there's a lot of things you can click links onto that are just um, would be really harmful to a young child developmentally, just cause them a lot of anxiety or fear. I think our world is changing so much as well um, that, you know, we were already so reliant upon technology. I think that's going to be even more so the case. If parents can just watch what their kind of kids are looking at, that's probably the most important thing they can do right now. You know, school starting back up, it's a good time to hit the reset button and say, you know what, these are our set school hours. These are the times you, there's no devices allowed. The only device you can have is your little, you know, Chromebook for school. And you need to be focusing on school and doing homework at that time. I mean, it's a good time to kind of get back to that. If you're just joining us, we are talking about the mental health impact of the COVID-19 pandemic. And if you need to speak with someone, you can make an appointment with a district medical group provider at Valleywise Health by visiting valleywisehealth.org or by calling 833-855-9973 Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. Um, we've talked about you know the impact of um, technology and a possible addiction to that. Um, how has this impacted families as a whole? Um, and we kind of talked about this with both of our segments earlier this year, but now that we've had several months to kind of um, analyze that, um, there's probably good and bad to how this pandemic has affected families. I absolutely, there is some good and bad. Um, you know, like I was talking about a little earlier that initially I saw a lot of stress from parents because they'd had to take over all these different various roles in their kids' lives that were you know, didn't leave any time to get dishes done or any basic things done that they normally had time in their day to do. Um, and I think right now what we're seeing, um, particularly just because it's been the longest spring break or summer break ever, that um, having so many people in such close 
but so confined together can be really stressful for families. I see a lot of siblings having problems with each other um, just because, you know, that's normal. And it's just, it's the way it is right now. It's a stressful time. And when you're, you know, sharing a room with a bunch of other people, it's just, you're going to argue more. You don't have that like kind of de-stress time where you get to leave the house, be with friends, be at school and have a just change of environment. So um, I, I, I think that it has affected families like sometimes negatively in that way and positively, like I said before, where, you know, maybe families are spending more time together, doing more board games and puzzles and more family activities because there's no need to drive everybody to soccer and all these different places all over the place. You know, you're really kind of spending more time at home. So, you know, there's it's it's a there's definitely a good and a bad side to, to this. Now, what about you guys? So, you know, we'll call it first responders and healthcare workers that most of us are dealing with social distancing and loneliness, but a lot of you guys are having to deal with this head on every day, day after day. Um, how, How are you guys holding up? I would say, you know, our healthcare providers have been really strong and very resilient in managing this kind of rapidly uh, evolving situation. You know, what we were doing two weeks ago is not what we're doing today, is not what we were doing three months ago. You know, we have to remember that, you know, all of this vocabulary is kind of new to us over the last, you know, six to eight months. And prior to this, uh, we were operating very differently. And so we've had to just continue to evolve, um, be strong, be there, show up, take care of people. And and also, you know, figure out how to manage when our own folks are are sick or out or or perhaps too stressed out. Um, I think that we're seeing a lot of the emotional toll and the traumatic toll um, on our healthcare providers because they've been strong and resilient all the way through this. But you know, there is a point where people people need a break and people need to take care of themselves. And and so I think it's going to be extremely important, you know, to honor and salute the work that healthcare providers have done, but also make sure that we continually evolve and make sure that, that treatments are out there if people need it and they have support and that uh, there's no shame in seeking support. It's actually a very strong thing to do to take care, to recognize if something's going on that needs treatment and get the right care. Millions of people are still out of work. Um, let's talk about the, the toll of the financial loss and, and that impact. That just it creates so many stressors for people because you know you've got this uh, you know shutdown of business, loss of jobs, loss of livelihood, you know the different things that people have built, and then you, you for for some people, and then you got other people that are you know working around the clock as a a grocery store worker or an EVS worker, or a healthcare provider. So you've kind of got a, a few divisions and within um, within those things, and it's I think it's just really challenging um, for folks to deal with. You know, just. It- like exactly Dr. Carter is saying, it's very, when those basic needs are not being met, like like food and clothing and housing, because of a, a severe financial strain, it's really hard to focus even on your emotional health at that point. There's kind of this hierarchy of needs. You have your basic needs and basic safety you know, needs met in order to really focus on on yourself and reflect upon your, your, your mental health. You know, I really recommend um, people just to look at resources out there in the community. Um, there's uh, the website I found was like ArizonaTogether.org has a lot of a large list of resources, um, housing resources, childcare resources, um, and you know there's just even the the two one one Arizona um, line that people can call if they're having a significant amount of stress to get connected to resources. It's a tough time for people out there right now, definitely. 
So I think we can all admit the 2020 has been a really hard year for a lot of us. Um, how can we end this on a positive note and you know stay motivated as a group and as individuals? I think one thing we can do is just focus on on resilience. You know, that's a, a natural traje- trajectory that we would um, go on when we're experiencing some sort of emergency. And this has been kind of a rapidly evolving situation. You know, things things aren't going to be the same as they were in the past, but they can be better than they are today. If we can come together as a community and work together on these things, I think that's where you know, kind of the silver lining of this is is all of us coming together to um, to improve our lives. I agree. Like looking at this as a community, I tell families, look at it like a team and talk to kids about this is like we're a team and we're working together to help people stay healthy, to help us stay healthy, to help the nice lady at the grocery store stay healthy. And just to 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 really look at people, not just in our family, but our entire community and just kind of say, you know, we're all humans. We're in this together and we're all putting on our mask and do what we need to do. Absolutely. Well, thank you both so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to Valley Well Valle Salute, a health and wellness information program brought to you by ValleyWise Health and District Medical Group. If you're looking for more information about what you've heard today, visit us online at valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. There, you'll find blogs and videos from our healthcare providers, and you can even book an appointment at a ValleyWise Community Health Center near you. That's valleywisehealth.org slash bewell. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon.